It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Christopher Carter, and this is your daily dose of all things about the Steelers. Today, we're talking about Devin Bush being named to the Pro Football Writers of America's all-rookie team for the 2019 season. We'll get into the importance of his numbers on the season, how they relate to where the Steelers are moving forward. We'll also talk about who the Steelers' top tacklers are in different awards that I created on DKPittsburghSports.com. So basically, this will be an all-defense podcast on the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you're listening to this and you want to subscribe, be sure to do so anywhere you find podcasts, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts are hosted. Let's get into it. Okay, Steeler Nation and a lot of lights, let's talk about the top story of the day. That is Devin Bush being named to the Pro Football Writers of America's all-rookie team for the 2019 season. Devin Bush led all rookie defensive players with 109 combined tackles on the season. That's very impressive. Um, now, everyone will kind of expect, yeah, of course he made this team. But it's the fact that he was a standout on this team. He wasn't the first drafted inside linebacker. That was Devin White for Tampa Bay. And he definitely outperformed Devin White on the season. Devin Bush was a significant part of one of the fastest rising defenses in the NFL in this season. Again, he led all rookies in tackling. He also led that top five defense that the Steelers had on their team in tackles with 109 tackles. He was he, he really came up in the last game against the Ravens where he had 12 combined tackles, 11 of them being solo tackles. Remarkable for a rookie to step up. He's also only 21 years old. That's a huge step up for what the Steelers needed at the inside linebacker position. When you consider the history of the position and what important players have been there, that stands out. Because Devin Bush's 109 tackles in the history of the Steelers as an organization, that's 13th most ever in, a, in an organization with plenty of great tacklers. So several great tacklers that aren't even in the Hall of Fame and will never be in the Hall of Fame. But to rank 13th on that list is rather remarkable with 109 tackles. You know, that this puts him in the ranks with Lawrence Timmons, who in the top of the top 11 guys or the top 11 seasons in tackles, Lawrence Timmons accounts for five of them. He has the second most tackles of all time with 135, the fourth most with 132, the seventh most with 126, the ninth most with 119, and the 11th most with 114. Spread out all throughout his career. His, his best year was in 2010 when he had the second most. Of course, Steelers' leading tackler uh, for a single season is still James Ferrier, who in 2003, when he first came to the team at the age of 28, had 141 tackles, which is remarkable. Also, says something about James Ferrier. When we're just talking about, and when you're looking around the NFL, Luke Kuechly, starting linebacker for the Panthers, retiring at the age of 28, that's right when James Ferrier was like, nah, I'm just in my prime. 
He started all 16 games that year, led the Steelers in tackles, and would go on to have a pretty prolific career. Get this. James Ferrier still played into his mid-30s. He was 35 when he got 109 tackles. Uh, I'm sorry, 109 tackles. Just the same amount of tackles as Devin Bush this season when James Ferrier was 35 years old. Also played all 16 games. That was the 2010 season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Also had six sacks in in that year. Just a remarkable Look for how James Ferrier was in the career. I think he's one of the most unsung heroes. Well, maybe not unsung, but most the least recognized of Steeler legends that there are in recent times. He was a bigger role. But let's get back into Devin Bush. This is a guy who came in and everyone said, man, he's understanding the defense. He's making plays here and there. You also got to look at the splash plays for sure. He had four passes defense, a fumble forced. He had two interceptions, one which was spectacular against the Ravens, which he took it off of Mark Andrews, hit the quarterback twice, did have a sack, um, also recovered four fumbles, and scored a touchdown against the Chargers that really sparked a huge victory on the road in Devlin Hodges' first start. This is a guy who still is learning how to play in the NFL. He started 15 of the 16 games. He's still kind of figuring out all the things, you definitely saw him get beat at times, but you also saw each time he came back figuring something out. Look at the Colts game when he gave up a touchdown to Jack Doyle um, early in the game. and People were like, man, he, he's really struggling against tight ends. And, and Doyle gave it to him. He gave it to him with a good little juke move, uh, broke open, got you know was, was able to make the play. But then, all of a sudden, you start to, start to figure things out. Like, oh, no, that's what you like? I'm going to take this away. I'm going to work on this. I'm going to plaster this guy. And later in that game, he was shutting down Jack Doyle all across the field. Devin Bush looks like a workhorse. Not just a workhorse on the field, but a workhorse off the field when it comes to improving his craft. I think that he's headed on the right path. And I also think the Steelers may have just struck gold with that with that first-round pick. You know, you know, people have been talking about for years, oh, maybe they can't draft right, you know, because they drafted Jarvis Jones, they drafted Artie Burns, and now you got you have the guy, Devin Bush. He's really filling the role that Ryan Shazier left when he was hurt, um, and that has got to be a huge sign for the Steelers moving forward. They need that tackle machine in the middle of their defense. Now, also a lot right along with him was Terrell Edmonds, who Devin Bush passed. At the end of the season, Terrell Edmonds finished the year with 105 tackles, just four behind Devin Bush, and that was good for 16th most all-time on the Steelers list. Um, he, you know, obviously didn't have the same uh, this the same the same turnover numbers because he didn't produce any. But the fact that Terrell Edmonds is on this list as well, and he's only 22 years old. It's a very good sign. It's also the first time since 2013 that the Steelers have had two defensive players amass over 100 tackles. Why is that important? Well, it kind of shows the direction the defense is headed. In the better years when the Steelers have been dominant, they've usually had those guys out there. Now, 2013 wasn't a dominant year, but you look back to the last time the Steelers had three guys with over 100 tackles, Bet you could guess what year that is. It's the last time they made the Super Bowl. That was 2010. And in 2010, they had James Ferrier, again, at 35 years old, with 109 tackles. They had um, James Harrison, 
with 100 tackles right on the nose at the age of 32, but leading them was Lawrence Timmons, the workhorse of that team, at 20, in 2010 with 135 tackles. Rather remarkable. Now, the Steelers still kind of have to develop that, next, that, that, that third tackle presence, but when you got guys like T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree bringing it off the edge, maybe, just maybe, you're going to, you don't need it as much. And maybe, just maybe, one of those guys will become one of those tackle monsters as they continue to improve if the Steelers can keep Bud Dupree around. But T.J. Watt, I think, has the trajectory to fill that role. All right? That concludes the first top story segment. We're going to get into the Steelers Tackle Awards for 2019 that I've labeled out here on DKPittsburghSports.com. Don't go away right after these messages. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so continuing the talk on tackling with the Pittsburgh Steelers, let's get into what I call the Tackle Awards for DKPittsburghSports.com. So this all started with last year being at the 2018 season when I made it a point to track how the Steelers tackled because in 2017 they were one of the worst tackling teams in the NFL but in 2018 we saw a rise in that now these aren't about grading them against other teams in the NFL this is more so grading them amongst themselves and showing what trends may be going in the right direction for the team so I created a, a series of awards that we'll kind of talk about, categories that they fit into. Uh, you got things that are easy, like your top tacklers. Your, uh, but we also have things called the Finders Keepers Award. We'll also have what's called the Mr. Efficiency Award. And then we'll also have Kings of the Whiff for guys that missed the most tackles, which some of those names might actually surprise you. Uh, but we'll get into that in just a minute. Um, let's talk about the overall stats that we're going to be observing in this. Again, if you want to read this for yourself, I did a whole uh, article about this last week for DKPittsburghSports.com. If you look up Carter's Classroom Steelers Tackle Awards, you'll probably find it with a quick Google search. But um, go, go check it out right now. Again, it's just 99 cents to subscribe to DKPittsburghSports.com to check us out for a trial. If uh, you like us, you can stick with us for, for a year-long subscription. But go check this out. This is something that I wrote, and I always have fun writing these types of pieces where I break down the analytics of big numbers and also kind of put in the film work that goes into this. So I created what's called the whiff chart, and I did this all last season. Uh, we talked about it a little bit early on in the season. I just couldn't keep up doing it every week during the regular season this year just because of all the different roles that I got. But talking about the whiff chart, uh, it's basically it calculates five key stats. One, it talks about the, the, the snaps, uh, the defensive snaps every player was on the field. We'll get into why that's important. The second stat is tackles, of course, because you got to measure Who's making the most tackles? The third stat is how many missed tackles one player had. And that's going to be something that we talk about. And, you know, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. You know, it's never good to have a missed tackle. 
but it may show some positive things to one's gain. The fourth stat is the find percentage. Now, the find percentage is basically me taking the number of tackles a player made and the number of missed tackles a player had, a missed play, uh, a missed tackles a player had, and combining those two and make and putting that over the number of snaps that they had. So, or divided using that though that total number as a division, uh, dividing that by how many snaps they had, and that will, will show us the rate of which that player found the ball carrier. And then finally, the last the last uh, statistic will, the, the, the whiff chart calculate is called whiff percentage, which is what percentage of their, of, of their fines of how many times they had a chance to tackle a ball carrier did they miss. So, um, so a few key stats here. Of course, we know Devin Bush, as I mentioned earlier, led the Steelers in tackles with 109. But what's really remarkable about that, about that is that he wasn't the guy that saw the field the most. Um, now, he was among the inside linebackers, for sure. But Terrell Edmonds saw roughly 140 more snaps than him, and Terrell Edmonds was the second-leading tackler for the Steelers with 105. Um, but, you know, you look at that, uh, Devin Bush had 892 snaps compared to Terrell Edmonds' 1,039. And Devin Bush still had four more tackles than him. And that's remarkable. Uh, Devin Bush had a fine percentage of 13.8. That means that for more than every tenth of the time that he's on the field, he's finding the guy with the ball. And he only and he did have an 11.4% 11.4% with uh, percentage. That's what you got to watch out for is that he did miss guys at times. But they weren't always like Ryan Shazier type misses. You know, when Ryan Shazier was young and still learning the league, he shot through like a missile. And he would miss guys all the time because he just didn't break down and make the play. Most of Devin Bush's tackles were more so about whether he, you know, whether he was physical enough at the point of attack, whether he was comfortable. But it seemed like it wasn't just like a, a reckless abandon that he's going to have to really work his way out of. Uh, out of out of his game more so about just like you know hey broke down here tried to make this tackle didn't make it work but for the most part you see Devin Bush making the play again right behind Devin Bush is Terrell Edmonds with 105 tackles he had a fine percentage of 11.2 rather impressive uh and a whiff percentage of 9.5 he missed 11 tackles in the season compared to Devin Bush mission 14 um the whiff percentage is actually pretty good when you keep that under under 10 you're doing fine uh now over 10 um you know it, it starts to become a thing but it's not a huge problem you know if, if you're if you're making plays because you're still finding ways to create tackles for loss you're still pushing pushing the envelope everywhere around that's interesting so other key key guys we'll talk about cam hayward 876 snaps 83 tackles six missed tackles uh fine percentage of 10.2 a whiff percentage of 6.7 um, other key guys on this list. Now, some people may be wondering about T.J. Watt. Well, as edge rushers, sometimes you're not the guy that gets the big numbers in in the tackle department. He had a T.J. Watt had a 938 snaps for 55 tackles and eight misses. That's a fine percentage of 6.3 percent. That's very low when you compare it to the other starters. But again, that's because teams are keying off on T.J. Watt. They're not trying to let him 
get get to you know get, you know be be comfortable. They're not trying to let him get to the get to the quarterback all the time. They're not trying to let him blow up the run play. They're going to focus on him because he's an All Pro player. He's a he's a Pro Bowl player. He's a guy that's going to get he's that's going to get recognized. Um, so we'll we'll get into some more of those numbers in this again. If you want to see the chart for the whiff chart for yourself, go to dkpittsburghsports.com. But the first award we'll talk about in this show is the Finders Keepers Award. Now, the Finders Keepers Award obviously deals with finding the football, and that's what we that that's what I was talking about earlier with that fine percentage because I wanted to calculate how how often per per their snaps that a player was able to find the you know the ball carrier you know most and most likely you and also i think this this this, calculating this number can also tell you how well a steelers team is performing because the higher fine numbers in 2018 went to their safeties terrell edmonds sean davis there and that kind of showed that they were allowing defenses to get further downfield now you're seeing their their top fine percentages go to the likes of devin bush and that's where we get our finders keepers award our our finders keepers award go to vince williams devin bush and terrell edmonds these are the guys that found the ball most consistently while on the field devin bush had 13.8 of a fine percentage uh terrell edmonds had an 11.2 uh, Mark Barron also had 11.6 on on, on this, so he deserves a, a hat tip as well. But the league, or not the league, the team leader in fine percentage was definitely Vince Williams at 14.3%. Did he find the ball? Um, he had 399 snaps this past season, 54 tackles, and only four missed tackles. He also had under 7% as far as uh, his whiff percentage. So. That's the thing about the Mr. Efficiency, not the Mr. Efficiency, I'm sorry, the Finder Seekers Award, because you need guys that are going to find the football, that are going to take it into their own hands to win a play. And that's what they that's what they needed to make sure about this uh about about this group. So we went through one award. We're going to be right back just after these messages to go over one more set of awards for the Pittsburgh Steelers 2019 season. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, continuing the tackle awards. We're going to finish them out. Got a few more awards here to hand out. I kind of want to explain. I spent the last segment explaining what the the numbers that we were looking at. Let's look at the final awards Top Tacklers Award, and this was an award that went to the players that had the best tackling percentages with at least a minimum of 300 snaps on the season. Leading the way, a surprise to you guys, Mark Barron. Didn't really have a great year of an inside linebacker, but Mark Barron did prove he could be an efficient tackler. He actually found the ball at a rate of 11.6%. That's very impressive. Uh, with only 752 snaps, he found the ball 87 times, and of those 87 times, he made 82 tackles. 
that's very impressive. That's a whiff percentage of only 5.7%. Gotta respect that. But here is where the problem lies with a Mark Barron and why a lot of people are saying, yeah, he might be gone. Sure, you look at those raw that that raw data and you're thinking, man, that's that's kind of impressive. The Steelers could use a tackler like that, right? Well, when you look at Mark Barron set up for next season, his uh his cap number is $8.1 million. I think the Steelers have enough tacklers on the team to not cost themselves $8.1 million, especially when they can save $5.25 million just by letting him go. So, again, Mark Barron's kind of among those guys that you you got to expect them to make a move on. They're not going to pay him 8 point they're not going to pay him that kind of money, especially when they can free up over uh over $12 million by letting him go. Chicolo go and Ron Foster go. That's a lot of money that would go right into their into their salary cap to allow them to re-sign Bud Dupree or make another move. So that's Mark Barron being part of the list. But let's talk about another guy, Cam Hayward. Finding the ball a lot uh, when as a defensive lineman can be hard. But Cam Hayward still made a point of it. He had 10.2% of a five fine rating. Uh, of 876 snaps, he found the ball 89 times, made 83 tackles with six missed tackles. He also had only had a whiff percentage of 6.7%. That's Cam Hayward, though. That guy just continues to show up um, when he's at when when you ask a lot of him. He's the man. Um, I still say he's the face. He's the Mister Steeler of the of the team. He's the guy that kind of represents that 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 hard work ethic and uh, the you know the the hard fighting defense that he's never going to give up he's kind of carried that torch right you know he was the first round pick back in 2011 and he's kind of you know he at first he started off kind of slow but he's kind of become that guy I mean, he's a first team all pro interior defensive lineman that speaks volumes but this last guy for the top tacklers award probably going to surprise you not another probably is going to surprise you can you guess it can you guess it all right you get three seconds three two one you were wrong. It's Tyson Alulu of all people. <laughs> uh, if you go back and look at his numbers, he had 433 snaps, um, 41, t- uh, 44 times did he find the ball carrier. Of those 41 t- 44 times, he made 41 tackles. That is a 10.2 percent uh, find rate there. That's the same as Cam Hayward, and he missed just about the same amount of, uh, of the same ratio of type of plays. He had a 6.8. Uh, whiff percentage, which means he did. He wasn't just missing people all over the field. It's a very good rate. Tyson Alulu gotta respect that. Um, and the fact that he's kind of shown that hey, I can be a veteran guy. Uh, you know, of, of a defensive play, I can be that veteran guy that you rely on in on the depth chart. Um, so you know, shout out to those guys. They get the top tacklers award. Moving forward, got the Mister Efficiency Award, and this this award was the guy that found the ball a lot, but also, you know, this this is kind of like uh, making sure that you had the, the the biggest difference between your fine percentage and your whiff percentage because you want your fine percentage to be high. It means you're finding the ball a lot, um, but you want your whiff percentage to be low because then that means you're missing the tackle, mi- missing the, um, the you know, you're missing less tackles. So this these are the guys that kind of led that statistic. Um, Cam Hayward just obviously... Just, just right, right on the nose with with this finding the ball a lot. Tyson Alulu again with with his numbers being very identical to Hayward as far as the rates. Got to got to respect both of them. They get it. But here's the guy that that, that really gets the the 
you know, the, the shout out here, Vince Williams. If you look at his numbers, and I wrote a, a specific article about D- Vince Williams and why I think he could be a big step for the for the Steelers' future moving forward with how these a lot of these rushing offenses are emerging in these playoffs. Uh, Vince Williams could be a huge part of that. He only had 399 snaps, and this is a guy who started in 2017 and 2018 um, and, and showed you know he's good enough to at least start, and he still kind of just kept getting bumped out. This guy has to have the best attitude. He was, he was drafted in 2013, became a starter out of an emergency, and played very well, um, you know, especially for a six-round rookie. Uh, and then, you know, then, then they drafted Ryan Shazier and that was a problem for him, but then he grew to respect Ryan Shazier and then that was his brother. And then when Ryan Shazier went down, he, you know, tried to maintain, uh, and, and, uh, you know, that, that was rough, but then, you know, this time around Vince Williams, it's times he's in that predicament again. You know, he's the third, he's the third inside linebacker on the team behind Mark Barron and Devin Bush. That's a rough spot to be in, but he never complained. He never made a fuss about it. He had a fine percentage of 14.3, the highest on the team of all guys that were consistently seeing time, and uh, and a uh, whiff percentage of 6.9. Nice. And uh, when you look at that, that's that's a huge gap. That means you know he almost he found the ball at almost eight points higher than he did he or almost double no more than double than 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 he than he missed the tackler so that's very big those are the guys that i that i gave the mr efficiency award also you got to look at vince williams the way he blew up blockers in the hole to open up opportunities for for more guys lots of efficiency on the tackling on the defense that's what you want to see now let's talk about the kings of the whiff now Mind you, this isn't always indicative of a person not being able to tackle. It may just mean they had a rough season or may just been in rough places. Or sometimes there's missed tackles that are poorly uh, you know, attributed to, to guys in situations that really aren't aren't their fault. But these are they, these were all legitimate, uh, but they also were um all concerns to make sure that, you know, hey, maybe they need to tighten this up next year. Kings of the Whiff starts with Bud Dupree. Uh, and it's crazy because Bud Dupree had a great season, and and I, I've seen some people try to disparage him and say, "Oh, we should forget about this." I think that would be a huge mistake for where the Steelers are headed. Bud Dupree had 68 tackles on the season; that was good for the fifth most on the team. Um, that's out of 100, uh, 983 snaps. He had 20 to 12 misses, so he had a whiff percentage of about 15 percent and a fine percentage of about 8. Uh, one that means that he was that, that he wasn't finding the ball too much but again the, he's an edge rusher plays that you design as an offense don't always make it easier for him to get tackles that's going to happen um and it's funny because we're going to keep talking about the kings of the whip and tj watt is right up there with him as far as guys that had had the higher um the, the, the higher whiff percentage um tj watt you know he uh, he didn't exactly light up in the tackle department either. He had 55 tackles on 938 snaps. Um, he had eight misses though, and uh, his fine rate, his fine percentage was even lower than Bud Dupree. It was 6.3 percent. Um, so that was uh, that that was that was kind of remarkable to look at that. But he also had a whiff percentage of 12.7 percent. Him. And Devin Bush having high double digits is a little alarming. 
but also something that's definitely fixable. Um, but those are the things we wanted to go over with the tackle awards. I suggest you go to dkpittsburghsports.com where we break down the film and why guys were certain were, were like this and what uh you know what things you could focus on to see if they could get better. Um, those things and more on dkpittsburghsports.com with my Carter's Classroom column. And uh, thanks for listening to the show. Appreciate all you you lock-a-lights out there, the guys, that, the guys and gals that love the show. Stay tuned. We're going to have a lot going on this week. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me with at Carter Critiques. If you hit me with a follow, I usually follow right back, unless I'm busy in class or something. Um, and, you know, just we, 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 get, we have a lot of really good conversations with a lot of guys that reach out to, out to me out there. Thank you very much for doing that. Um, there are, we also have the Facebook locked on Steelers group. If you go to Facebook right now, search locked on Steelers, you'll join the hundreds of locked on Steelers fans in that group and be able to interact with them about the show whenever you please. And again, if you want to subscribe to my work at dkpittsburghsports.com, it doesn't have to be for the Steelers, could be for the Penguins, could be for the Pirates, could be for the University of Pittsburgh. Either way, we cover it all better than anybody. And that's going to get you a chance to do to to see our work with ninety nine cents of a of a trial subscription. It'll get you a ninety nine cent month, um, and as after that, if you like it, you can stick with us. If not, we thank you for checking us out. But I know you'll love what we bring to the table for DKPittsburghSports.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.